What I find so nuts is that we are considered like on the fringe because we just want less chemicals in our life. Like that is an extreme measure to take. Yeah. And and the fact of the matter is when it comes to this topic, ignorance isn't bliss. And the more information that we can have, we can help our body become more resilient and actually thrive in this environment. We have the capacity to do that. Welcome, you're on air with Ella, where we share simple strategies and truths from people who are doing something better than we are. Whether it's wellness or fitness and fat loss to just living better and with more energy or changing your mindset to accomplish more in your own life and succeeding however you define it. This is where we share the best of what we're learning from the experts and we're learning more every day. Live better, start now. Hey everyone, you're on air with Ella and I am joined today by a lovely couple, Miss Megan Telpner and Mr. Josh Gitalis. I said it wrong, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> and Josh Gitalis. I only practiced 12 times, which only assured me that I would pronounce it incorrectly. Hey Megan and Josh, how are you guys? We're great. Good. Thank you for having us. Absolutely. Where am I talking to you both? We are currently in Palm Springs on a little winter escape from the cold Canadian winters. Oh, that sounds amazing. So you hail from Toronto originally, I understand, but you're currently basking in the sun and making us all jealous. Exactly. Josh, tell us a little bit, tell everybody who you are and what you do, if you would. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm a clinical nutritionist and functional medicine practitioner. I own and operate a clinic in Toronto, Ontario, Canada, uh, where I work with people one-on-one -on -one in the clinic and also with people worldwide. And I also teach a full functional nutrition certification program where I offer a whole variety of courses on all sorts of topics. Megan, what about you? Well, also from Toronto, I am a nutritionist. Scoop Josh up in nutrition school. He was the only gentleman in our class. I won the prize. And I have written a couple books, Undiet and the Undiet Cookbook, both number one bestsellers. And I run the Academy of Culinary Nutrition, uh, which is an amazing school where I offer a certification in culinary nutrition. We currently have over 1,100 graduates in 43 countries celebrating the goodness of great food for an awesome life. Oh, wow. And guys, I've got Megan's book here, one of her books called The Undiet Cookbook right here in my hot little hands, and it's absolutely gorgeous. And Josh, I have to say on so many levels, you're a lucky man. If she is making all of this food for you, or if you guys are making this together, I am absolutely jealous and I'm coming up there. Oh, yes. We always cook together, actually. I think I'm still in, actually in recovery from writing that book. I went on strike <laughs> from the kitchen for a good year after going through the cookbook production process. And Josh was amazing at, at taking over the, the culinary world at our, in our home. I love it. I love it. Well, you guys have other news that I'm just going to get out on the table because it's a little bit relevant to our topic today. You guys have big news. You're five months pregnant. Yes, mostly me. Mostly me. <laughs> yes, the, the peanut is due in June. Oh, that's so exciting. Well, congratulations to you both. Thank you. Thank you. So you guys, has your new arrival, um, baby on the way, has that influenced your work at all in, in one of the topics that we're going to talk about today? Absolutely. Yeah, I, I think it has. But, you know, it, it just kind of furthers what we're already focused on in our life. Like we believe that we should have the healthiest body as it's, you know, our, our foundation to life. You got to have your health if you want to enjoy all the great things in life. And really that sort of just furthers and extends to another living being. You know, health begins for a child 
coming into the world years before they're actually born. So, you know, this is just a continuation and a, I guess, the next chapter in our in our health world. I think for me, um, having been gone through my own serious health challenges 10 years ago, I was diagnosed with Crohn's disease. And from there, I had to work my way back to optimal health, which involved healing from a chronic autoimmune inflammatory bowel disease that I was told I would have for life. So to be able to celebrate health and and then do whatever I can to pass as much of that along to our child was so important for us. And so prior to even becoming pregnant, the planning started, um, you know, years in advance in terms of cleaning up the diet and cleaning up our home and, and reducing potential toxic exposures that could have negative implications for us or for our future child. Yeah. And that's exactly what we're going to talk about today. And I'm so excited personally, because I'm happy to get back to a series that we started months ago on the show about and we're we're calling it the Life Balance Wheel series. And I actually, ironically, we've touched on a lot of different spokes in the wheel, but we haven't really talked that much about health, which is ironic at best. So today we're getting back to that series. And Megan and Josh are joining me today to talk about health from a different angle, one that we really haven't covered in detail on the show, you guys. And that is specifically health in our homes, physically, tangibly detoxing our home environment. So I'm super, super glad to have you guys on about that today. So I would like to start at the front door. And I think you should give us a tour of our home and how we should be thinking about ways and opportunities to reduce the toxic load in our homes. And and obviously, of course, along the way, helping us see some things that we we might not be aware of right now. Absolutely. And with that, I love to start with the doom and gloom. Like, let's <laughs> let's just start there. And then we can work from the bottom up. He's got a really big smile on his face <laughs> as he says doom and gloom. <laughs> dun, dun, you dun. Know, let's just scare the crap out of all of ourselves. And then we can work from there. Okay. Um, for the past hundred years, we've had 85,000 chemicals introduced into our environment, over that actually, uh, many of which have never ever been tested for human safety. We have this, this innocent until proven guilty system set up for chemicals. We have to kind of go on the offense here and assume that any chemical that is foreign to us that has been introduced is going to be harmful to us in some way. And of course, a lot of those chemicals can be living right in our own living space and in our homes. Uh, and of course, that's where we spend most of our lives. So we want to make that a really safe sanctuary where we can be sure that uh, we're not harming ourselves. We're only, you know, healing and, and living in that space in a successful way. And that begins with walking through the front door. And there's some really quick, easy things you can do that have a huge impact. Josh, before you take us on our tour, I want to emphasize something that you just said. This innocent until proven guilty system is very, very interesting and, and rather unique to certain countries like the United States. I don't know how it is in Canada. I'm sure you do. But in many, many, many countries in Europe, if an if a chemical is introduced commercially, it must be proven to be safe. In the United States, the chemical is put into the, you know, ecosphere and put into our uh, into the, the system, as it were, and it has to be proven dangerous. <laughs> so I'm not sure that everybody actually understands the uh, anomaly in our system there where uh, we actually, you know, some years have to go by and, and it has to be established that that chemical is dangerous before it will be regulated or removed altogether. I mean, that's backwards. Absolutely. Yeah, it takes 
years for that process to occur. So first that chemical gets introduced, and then it takes quite a while for people to start to notice health issues, and then the evidence builds up, builds up, and then they're able to pinpoint it to one chemical, and then they do the research, and then, you know, they start to get a red flag, and then eventually they take it off. And we saw this with DDT in the 40s, it was introduced, it was sprayed everywhere, you know, you can see the videos of people bathing in the in the clouds of smoke. And then, you know, 30 years later, in the early 70s, it was uh, deemed as toxic and, and banned. And this is what we call a persistent organic pollutant that lasts in our environment many, many years after we've actually stopped using it. So we can still find this chemical in the blood of almost every American. It wasn't just every American. I think you find that in the blood of like animals all over the world and people who should never have even had exposure because it carries on the wind and is that persistent. It remains, it remains there. And one thing further to what Josh was saying is they test these chemicals, but there's never been any testing done on the combination of chemicals that are used in a single product, like whether it's a single eye cream mm. or your wood polish. There, there's no testing to prove the safety. So if we think about, you know, if we want to talk about cosmetics, which for a lot of women is one of the last things they want to give up because they've got their, their things sure. they know and love and use. But for the combination of things, it's, it's estimated that women use 11 products before breakfast that can have upwards of 124 different chemicals that have never been checked together. We've never looked at that cocktail. And so even testing a single ingredient might say, oh, well, this is likely safe or they might deem it like a, a probable carcinogen or a likely carcinogen or maybe all the way to a known carcinogen, but they give you a safe level. However, they're not looking at the potential byproducts of the chemical reactions that can happen when those things get combined with other things. Okay, so let me tell you why I think it's useful to point this out. Firstly, because whenever we talk about this stuff, it can sound a little fear-mongering and, you know, like you said, and you were joking but not joking, right, about how it's doom and gloom. But there's there's two things to know about this. One is, so often people say, if it were dangerous, nobody would be able to sell it. And, you know, stop fear-mongering about things at the grocery store. If it were, if it were going to kill me, they wouldn't be able to sell it at the grocery store. And it's just patently false. And it's kind of a bummer, but it's useful to have this information, right? At the end of the day, it's yeah. intended to be empowering, of course. What I find so nuts is that we're considered like on the fringe or, or, you know, we get questioned because we just want less chemicals in our life. Like that is an extreme measure to take versus assuming that like you said what's there is if it weren't if it weren't safe it wouldn't be there yeah and and the fact of the matter is when it comes to this topic ignorance isn't bliss and the more information that we can have we can help our body become more resilient and actually thrive in this environment we have the capacity to do that and of course that's the second part to the story after we've spoken about the doom and gloom is how can we become aware where these chemicals lurk how to best detoxify them, and how to, again, thrive in this environment. Because at the end of the day, the silver lining is that we offer information which is empowering, and then you can make your own decisions. So I think that's what's really useful. And you can't control all of the environmental toxins that exist outside and in your workplace environment and in your schools and, you know, every single meal that you eat, but you certainly have a much wider degree of control over what happens in your home home. And so that's the spirit in which we shall listen to our home tour with you today, Megan and Josh. Yeah, I was starting to go there before and, you know, built up some suspense. 
<laughs> so here we go. You're uh, welcome. <laughs> you step into the home, usually in a pair of shoes. And a lot of people leave their shoes on throughout the home. This is one of the simplest things that you can do to decrease the amount of toxins in the home. You know, on our shoes, we can bring in all sorts of bacteria. We can bring in E. coli. We can bring in heavy metals. So a lot of people don't realize that there's the, the dust in the air, mostly in a city, uh, falls to the ground and it can contain a whole variety of heavy metals in there. And that gets picked up on your shoes. Wow. Uh, we also get leafy debris, which is a breeding ground for bacteria. Uh, we get petrochemicals on our shoes, different things, and sometimes even gum on the bottom of the shoe. But that <laughs> usually just stays there. Doesn't that pick up some of the dirty stuff? <laughs> it would pick up some of the dirty stuff, but it, it kind of helps contain it, if you will. You know, and then if you're walking around your home, and especially if you have children who are crawling and putting things in their mouth and their hands all over the floor, you don't really see these things. They're somewhat invisible and they end up in our body. So just taking off your shoes at the front door can prevent a lot of these toxins from entering the home. One of the other ones you didn't mention that I want to add in, um, aside from the fact that 98% of the lead in our homes is actually tracked in on our shoes, but wow. uh, we, you know, we strive for, and Josh and I, are, and I are big advocates for organic food, but if other people are spraying, whether it's their lawn or your community park with any kind of pesticides, that gets tracked in on the shoes. It can be tracked in up to a week after the application. So long after they've taken the sign down to say, stay off the grass, we're bringing that into our home on our shoes. So one really simple thing we can do is just take our shoes off. Okay. My shoes are off. Now I'm in the foyer. <laughs> what do I need to know? Well, I think you come into a house, you take a deep breath. What do you smell? Ideally, it's just a clean home and not those fragrance air freshener things that people plug in. Oh, do not even get me started on these. You guys, this is my, <laughs> this is purely scientific. Are you ready for some science? Yes. Air fresheners give you cancer. Get them out of your house. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. Was Love that, that was that overly dramatic? I, th I think that makes the point for sure. <laughs> I love it. Okay, now your turn. <laughs> well, what's crazy about these air fresheners is often you can't even see what's in them because they mark them or they fall under the category of, quote, trade secrets. So they can actually um, not publish them. So there's one company, Glade, that has a page on their website that says, we proudly promote ingredient transparency. So you can actually go and see this massive crazy long list of chemicals they use in these plugins. And so what you end up getting is these bursts of the spray that we are inhaling. So they're bypassing a lot of our detoxification organs. They're coating our skin and our clothes and our furniture and everywhere. And like we mentioned earlier, these chemicals have never been tested in conjunction. So what about using some essential oils or cleaning? <laughs> Typically, we'll get rid of most of those smells. And the smell of clean is no smell at all. It's not a synthetic summer breeze blowing in in, in February. I am totally going to go to the site and post the list of ingredients so everyone can see them. So guys, I'll put that in the show notes. Yes. And so one of the other things is that a lot of these air fresheners contain the ingredient phthalates and that won't be listed either. It usually falls into what they call fragrance or parfum. And these phthalates are hormone disruptors. So they affect the hormones of 
adults contributing to, you know, various sex organ related cancers and fertility Mm. issues, but also in children way more. So all of this stuff affects children in a greater capacity because they're, they're smaller beings. Um, and so with kids, it, it affects puberty. It can be a contributing factor to autism, increased risk of, of birth defects. So these phthalates are in a product air freshener, which is 100% unnecessary in the home. So the other component is is simply how we can improve the air quality of our home. So once we've gotten rid of the air fresheners, which is a big one, mm-hmm. um, Josh, maybe you can talk a bit about how to improve air quality. Because I'm standing in the foyer in my socks, taking a deep breath. <laughs> Absolutely. So so we, so we just dealt with the doom and gloom. Now we're going to give you the good news. And there's really a lot of great ways to improve the air quality in your home. Obviously, is to get all, the, all that garbage out. Opening windows can be super helpful, even in the winter, if you open it a crack. Uh, the, the air quality indoors has been shown to be up to 100 times more toxic than the outdoor air, even on the smoggiest days. Typically, it's about two to eight times more toxic. Uh, So, you know, just opening up a window can bring in some fresh air. We want to make sure that the filters, if you have forced air um, in your home, are changed regularly. And here's a really, really interesting one. Plants. Yeah, I read about that. NASA uses plants and actually (laughs) writes a lot about this because they obviously have, you know, air quality issues and they use plants. Is that what you're talking about? Oh, absolutely. You know, plants um, take our air in and they give us some wonderful oxygen. And in that process, they help to purify a lot of the toxins out of the air. Um, So like, you know, common plants that we might have in the home are garden mums, spider plants, Aloe vera serves many different purposes. The Boston fern, um, bamboo palm. There's so many, like anything that's green is really going to be helpful. So you want to fill your home with plants and that's just a beautiful air purifier right there. It's living, it adds a nice ambiance and it's eco-friendly. Okay. I love it. I actually leave windows cracked during the winter and that type of thing used to drive someone like me crazy because I'd be saying, oh, you're wasting, you're wasting, you're wasting. But the truth is I just don't run my heat very hard or often in the winter and it gets cold where I am, but, but I always leave a window cracked in a less used room or like we have a bathroom upstairs that is not in constant use. So we leave the window cracked in there and that fresh air keeps everything circulating in the home. And I, I would argue that it's not making my heat run constantly only because my heat's not running constantly. <laughs> yeah. And, and just opening the windows is such a huge one too. And even if, you know, for us in Canada, where we may not want to keep a window open all the time because it is that cold, mm-hmm. um, but even just for like 10 minutes, just passing a clean breeze through the house can make a big difference. And other things, if you're in your own home, making sure that your furnace and all those filters are clean regularly, getting your ducts clean once a year, which is like a small investment for a big return because that's all the air you're breathing as long as you've got air conditioning running or heat running. And if you're in an apartment or a condo, at the very least opening that window and making sure that the vents on say your stove are clean, your oven, that that air filtration system is clean, that your fan in your bathroom, you're opening that up and like just dusting it, making sure there's nothing growing in there. Like very simple home maintenance things that should be part of, you know, your spring cleanup. I've literally done none of those things. (laughs) I'm like, yippee, I've opened a window. I have cleaned none of the things. (laughs) And that's why we're here today. Cause you know, 
know, it's just little things that people don't really think about, like just that regular maintenance that can make a huge difference in the long term. Okay, it makes sense. What about um, HEPA filters? Do you guys have a point of view on those? Yeah, those can be helpful too. You can take it to the next level and put a whole house air filter on your furnace, or you can just get one of those portable air filters, which have a HEPA filter built in and just have that running on low while you're home so it doesn't make too much noise or disturb you or on a higher setting when you're away. And we've used one of these, uh, you know, pretty much constantly since we've moved into our home. Yeah. And, and we find like we can actually notice a difference with the air when we've had it on versus when we haven't. Yeah. And we, we did a renovation and when we cleaned the filter out from our air filter, like not just the things you can see, but the amount of dust and the amount of stuff that it pulled from the air was shocking. Um, and a really, really simple air purifier. We're probably not even going to get beyond the air, <laughs> there's so much to but there's charcoal filters that, so it's like um, charcoal particles, usually bamboo charcoal that comes in these little linen bags. They're good for up to two years. They're like, they look like little bean bags. You can order them off Amazon or wherever. Um, but you just can put one in each room and that on its own acts as a filter for the air. So there's so many little ways and just getting those impurities out of the air can improve skin health, can reduce, you know, respiratory issues or asthma can reduce. Um, if you have a family and you know, someone's got a cold, it can reduce risk of that spreading to everybody in the family. So there's a lot of benefits to just keeping that air moving and cleansing constantly within the home. And, and for those people who work in offices where it's a lot of recycled air and that kind of thing, like throw a charcoal filter into your office. So you're at least taking that with you to work too. Okay, great. I'm going to link to some of these options so that people can uh, just click through and see what we're talking about. Okay. So we're breathing. We're in the foyer. You're right. Like we're not even out of the foyer. So where do we go next? We go to our living room where people spend most of their time on their sofa and the sofa can have you know, all sorts of chemicals. 85% of US couches bought between 1984 and about 2010 contain various harmful chemicals. So we need to be very aware of what those couches are made out of uh, because they are going to be off-gassing over a quite a long period of time. And that, of course, goes into your air. So what do you do about that? Because I can tell you right now, my sofa was no doubt made in China, shipped over here with flame retardant on it. So what do I do about it now? Right. So the average sofa from before 2006, and and it's either 2006, 2010, but that was when California changed the laws. And because a lot of major manufacturers need to uh, conform to the strictest regulations, they now require less flame retardants, thankfully. But so there's a couple things you can do if you're not going to replace the sofa, you might want to consider at least recovering the sofa. So getting slip covers that are going to be a natural fiber. So what we're looking at with most sofas is that anything that is using polyurethane foam or some sort of synthetic is going to include flame retardant chemicals because polyurethane foam is what firefighters refer to as solid gasoline. Like it will go up in flames. So looking for, you know, if you're going to replace your sofa, um, looking for furnishings that have either, you know, hundred percent natural latex is a great option for the filler. Um, and if it's got a natural fiber for upholstery, like a wool or a cotton, these are considered natural flame retardant barriers. So with the new laws from California, only the sofa cushion cover needs to be flame retardant. So if that cover is wool, that counts. So it's with carpets, with sofas, with all that, it's always going to go back to the natural fibers because they do have a more, uh, they have a higher 
burn point. They are more naturally flame retardant, so less chemicals need to be used. You also want to make sure when you're buying a couch that there's no uh, stain master or scotch guarding yeah, sprayed skip, on them. Yeah, skip and, the scotch guard. Not worth it. Yeah, and you'll now even find carpets and sofas that are like, that have like the logo on it, like the Scotch Guard or whatever, that it's like certified as having been chemically treated. So you just want to look out for those things. And, you know, I'm a big fan of, of upcycling and thrifting and garage sales. But when it comes to furniture, that, that quality does matter. And so with a lot of these things, you weigh out, you know, what's reasonable right now, what is okay? What isn't okay? How do I, you know, prioritize for myself what needs upgrading? So your couches came from China may not be the best option right now, but there's other ways you can offset that balance. So it doesn't have to be a all or nothing thing. You're like, you know what? I'm going to keep this couch for a while because it's new, but I need a new carpet. So I'm going to make sure that's all wool and I'm going to make sure I'm not using fra- uh, fragrances in the home and I'm going to, um, you know, clean with natural products, make sure my couch is, is being vacuumed so that things aren't sort of festering in the synthetic upholstery. Yeah. Megan and Josh, one of the things that I say on the show all the time is start where you are, use what you have and do what you can. And Arthur Ashe said it first, but it is the recipe in my opinion for how to make these transitions toward a healthier life because yeah my husband has a limit and he puts up with a lot but if he came home and actually we had no furniture in the house anymore (laughs) that might actually be his limit on my self-experimentation but so what I do knowing that because in the U.S. it's almost impossible to get I mean you have to seek out the 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 type of furniture that you're speaking of even the higher end furniture is still coming from frankly the same factory that the lower end furniture is coming from in the same town in the same country but that's a show for another day but my point is therefore I can work harder to affect my air quality as an example and then minimize toxins in other areas of my life if I know that they're pre-existing in some so so okay so that makes sense so so what else guys Right. So I think um, for the sake of time, though, in in our Healthy at Home course, we go through each room in detail. I think we should probably head up to the bedroom where we spend 33% of our life. So we're up in the bedroom and Megan's already there, obviously. I'm already there, already (laughs) snuggled into my bed. All right, Josh, what are we looking at? You know, we spoke about a little bit of the chemicals that off gas when we spoke about couches. Now, similar things happen with the actual bed, but we want to also move on to things like light, electromagnetic frequencies, electronics, and we want in our bedroom, we like it to be as dark as possible mm-hmm. to start out with uh, because light, we know, can affect melatonin production. Melatonin is a key antioxidant in the body and is very important for the sleep-wake uh, circadian rhythms. Mm-hmm. So we want that to be optimal. When you know when we can't get complete darkness, we also use sleep masks uh, to try to get it as dark as possible. We've also removed any plug-in electronics that are in our room or near our head, like alarm clocks, for example. So we each use a kind of a travel alarm that just uses a a simple battery to keep that thing running. Uh, You know, our nervous system is the most complicated electronic device on the planet. So we don't fully know how these electronic devices are actually affecting us. Uh, We're starting to get bits and pieces of that, but that's a story that's still developing. Oh, yeah. This is a topic near and dear to my heart. We did an entire show on the dangers of EMF and reducing our exposure. We didn't spend a huge amount of time on how to reduce it in your bedroom and in your home. So I'd love to hear more of your tips in that regard. 
Absolutely. So we have a very strict rule in our home that we don't bring our phones into the bedroom. Uh, we shut them off at a very specific time. We never have them on past 10 p.m. Uh, period, but we never bring them into the bedroom. And that's, of course, because our phones emit electromagnetic frequencies. You can actually find this warning in the settings and in, in, in the, it, it's kind of deep within the, the layers oh, no. Nobody knows this. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually have a little YouTube video of how to find it. And uh, it, it actually warns you not to keep your phone um, uh, less than 10 millimeters away from your body. So imagine what that's like when it's by your head the whole time when you're sleeping and trying to rejuvenate. So we don't bring our phones into the bedroom for the light factor, for the EMF factor. And we also don't have a router in our bedroom and mm-hmm. we have it on a timer for the whole house. Uh, so it shuts off, um, you know, around the time when we're going to bed and turns back on in the morning so we can use our Wi-Fi. And, you know, even though we get exposed to a whole bunch of different Wi-Fi signals in our area, again, we're trying to do our best within that situation. It's, you know, an example of how even though we know all the information, we still can't do everything and try to do as much as we can. I just want to add about the phone because a lot of people use their phones for their alarm. So I think that if you use that, uh, like the light mode, night mode function, and also make sure that if you are using it for your alarm, you are turning it off, uh, or turning it to airplane mode before you go to sleep and ensuring that you are not turning your phone on and looking at your email before you're even out of bed in the morning, um, for general well-being and health. But that also affects your, your day and your vision and that blue light. And there's so much research about looking at your phone right before bed and looking at your phone first thing in the morning that if you can set those parameters for yourself and stick to them, which for some it's an adjustment and it's just a habit and it's just finding a new way to do it. And if, if you can't do it, then just get a little travel alarm clock and, and keep the phones out of the bedroom or out of the second floor out of, you know, that part of your house, which is meant for unwinding and relaxing. Yeah, it's amazing how in just a few short years, how difficult this has actually become because the habits are so deeply ingrained. But I have everyone turn their phone into airplane mode, everyone like I've got a band of people in my bedroom, but I, my, my, <laughs> my, my husband and I shut, put our phones on airplane mode because we we do, in fact, use them as alarms, especially when we're traveling. But we put them in airplane mode and then our son it just can't have it. his electronics get charged in another room with the door shut, period, end of story for lots and lots of reasons. He is 16. So that is possible. It's not actually a limb. But um, in any case, the other thing that I want to point out here is that I've read similar warnings and risks about these baby monitors that are so prolific, where, where they advertise that you can see your baby on the screen from any room in the house. And those are emitting EMF, um, just like anything else that plugs in yeah. to a greater degree than people realize. Yeah. And for obvious reasons, I've started diving into that research. And I mentioned to you when we were chatting before that I've got around me this this belly band that actually helps to um, protect my the fetus in utero from that EMF radiation. And similarly, I was looking at those baby monitors and like with phones and all this stuff, none of it existed 10 years ago. And we all managed to um, check on our babies. We all managed to wake up in the morning for work. Like there are other ways. And a lot of the alternative baby monitors are actually wired in, which again, not 
isn't, isn't an option for everyone. But yeah, those baby monitors, I think that it's one of those things that maybe you don't need to have it on all the time. Maybe there's only certain times if you're outside or you're, you know, you're not within hearing distance that, that you should have it on and, and using it more sparingly like you might your cell phone when you're around your children as well. So it, it's a lot of little detailed things to think about, but a lot of them are just very new habits and very simple things to just upgrade a little bit and and upgrade our habit to have that massive impact that some of these little changes can have. Well, and Megan mentioned this earlier, but isn't it so funny that it's considered fringe to actually attempt to live closer to the way your grandmother or great grandmother did? (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. All of this stuff disrupts our circadian rhythms. It disrupts our hormonal cycles and it all has that lasting impact. And we are now a generation that is being born with a higher toxic load than ever before. Sorry, I went back to doom and gloom. I didn't mean to, but it's just pointing out how important these little things are that you might think don't mean anything or that have no impact, but it all becomes this collective. Like for example, if you have a shower curtain, what is that made out of? So if the standard like PVC plastic shower curtain is off gassing dozens and dozens of chemicals in the first month, um, and then once it's done off gassing, it actually like, you know, you mentioned like, you know, it's, it off gasses for a certain period of time. Usually what happens when, once it stops off gassing is it actually starts breaking down. And so it, oh, the cycle never, the cycle doesn't stop. But like, let's look at a shower curtain. How can we change that so that we aren't using these plastic shower curtains that off gas and then the plastics start vaporizing in the heat and then get moldy and all these things that happen to them. And looking at what else can you do? And like what we did was we bought a hemp shower curtain that we throw in the wash every two weeks and it's a natural fiber. Hemp needs less less pesticides and cotton to grow. So there's like these little, and that's sort of really what inspired the Healthy at Home course. We have learned so much in this process that, you know, and us both having been in this field for 10 years, never gave that much thought to. And the transition is so much easier than say, changing your diet. You know, it's a lot easier to buy a new shower curtain than to change what you have for breakfast every day. It's true. I think my solution is I'm actually just going to go live in the woods. <laughs> that's That's been our dream too. Well, you guys, I know that we're running short on time, but this has just given us a peek into some of the changes that are honestly, they can be overwhelming when considered all at once. And they can be viewed as quite simple changes when viewed one baby step at a time. Would you agree? Yes, that's absolutely true. And when I work with my clients trying to get toxins out of their environment, that's exactly what I say. I say, you know, we have to work on diet. We have to, you know, you have to take your supplements. We have to do all the stuff that you have to think about every day. But if you change your laundry detergent, you have to do that once and never think about it again. It's just so easy. So this stuff is simple, but yes, you got to take baby steps to move in that direction. Oh my gosh, Josh, I cannot let you guys go without touching on the laundry room. Can we please run our tour, (laughs) our tour really quickly into the laundry room before we go? Because that is like the mother load. Okay. One of my biggest pet peeves ever is bounce sheets. Fabric softeners. They're the devil. Okay. Your clothes (laughs) have been dirtied. They go on this beautiful journey through the washing machine. They get clean. The dirt gets taken off. That gets, goes down the drain. Hopefully you use good eco-friendly detergent. Then it goes into the dryer and it's just ready for the last step. It needs to dry so you can wear these beautiful clean clothes. And what do you do? You throw in a chemical sheet. 
and you infuse your clothes with these chemicals that then live on your skin and you absorb and it just, it saddens me. You, you don't even, it, it's <laughs> not even a factor and you can buy wool balls. Like you can buy or make, there's great tutorials on YouTube to make your own wool dryer balls. You can drop a couple drops of essential oils, like a lemongrass or a, or a lavender. And there's also ways to whiten your clothes. What I found nuts in the uh, research we were doing was about fabric brighteners. Like when they say like, you're brights whiter or like your, you know, all those things that with, it is actually a chemical that stays on your clothes that reflects light. So it looks brighter. Like that's how that works. Oh my gosh. I never knew that. Right. Also, you're making me think of dry cleaning. Let's just go ahead and pretend that's in the laundry room, even though by definition it would not be. Well, (laughs) here's, here, here's what we can say just to kind of simplify that whole discussion. Most of your clothes does not need dry cleaning. You can just wash most of it. My my background was in fashion and that was my first degree. And a lot of clothing makers or manufacturers put dry clean only as like a backup so that if you ruin something, they can say, well, you're only supposed to dry clean it. But in most cases, you can put it through the wash on a gentle cycle and hang it to dry. And the other thing that's kind of nuts is, you know, there are eco-friendly. I don't know how eco-friendly they are. They all use chemicals. They all use perfumes. And there's higher rates of cancer. People who run dry cleaners are in that top echelon, the Mm -hmm. higher risk cancer rates uh, because of what they're exposed to every day. Okay. So we're, this is, this is like super sensitive. People love their fabric softeners and, you know, they get their clothes dry clean and they don't want that stuff messed with because of the convenience factor. And honestly, I swear people associate fabric softeners with like childhood. (laughs) So I want to, I want to make a couple of like good, better and best points here. I think it's useful to know what the best scenarios are so that we can make good and better changes toward our best. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So I thought, I mean, fabric softeners represent presented childhood to me. Maybe it's just me. It's fine. I'm comfortable with that. And the smell and the soft, and I just gave them up the moment I read what was in them and the fact that those chemicals stayed on clothing. And I gave them up and it changed mm, absolutely nothing in my life. (laughs) In other words, (laughs) in other words, no, everybody was fine and the world continued to rotate on its axis. And I had this whole thing with my sister-in-law and I was like, you need to just drop them cold turkey. Just do it. You can do it. And it was, it was hilarious because she let go and then she's like, oh yeah, you know, I, I don't know why that seemed like such a monumental change in my life, but every everybody seems fine. Um, with regard to dry cleaning, my husband still, for example, turns through dress suits, dress shirts on a regular basis and, and best would be him not taking them to the dry cleaner every day. But our good on our way to better and then to best is when he brings anything back from the dry cleaner, we just leave it hanging up in the garage. And of course, not everybody has a garage, but we leave ours hanging up in the garage for, I mean, days, days Mm -hmm. (laughs) and let them sort of release (laughs) some of the fumes before they are brought into the house. Now that's not perfect, but I would be kidding you if I told you that we dealt in perfect very often here on the on air with our show. But I think it's useful to know what some baby steps could look like. Absolutely. And it's so true. You know, when we're talking about this total toxic load that's in our environment, Mm -hmm. you can kind of picture a barrel that everyone has in their body and everyone's barrels a different size. But once that barrel fills up, that's when you get symptoms, you know, all sorts of cancers, uh, autoimmune diseases, asthma, all, all those sorts of things. And all everything we're speaking about is about how to drain that barrel constantly and try not to fill it up more. 
So when you picture that way, it's like every little bit helps. If dry cleaning something you do and you have to do that and you're not ready to give it up, air it out like you say, right? Uh, take off your shoes, you know, um, do the little things that can make a big difference over time. Okay, guys, I love it. Now you are teaching people how to do this for themselves. Tell us about that. Yeah, so we have a course uh, coming out called Healthy at Home, where Megan and I go through every room in the house in great detail. We talk about the doom and gloom, and we also talk about easy solutions, some of which we've discussed today, on how to healthify the home and make it a sanctuary that is serving you instead of working against you. And we also go through a whole bunch of different recipes that we can use in the home, like laundry detergents and, and um, bleaches and, and various recipes in the kitchen, like counter cleaners, uh, window cleaners, just things you can make at home with ingredients that most of the time you can actually consume and not die from. <laughs> um, that, that's super simple and can become part of your, your toolkit for your home. Okay. How do people find out more about this, guys? If you go over to megantelpner.com, it's all over there. And I just can't stress enough how important it is and how simple it is. And one of the key things that we're offering with the course is little checklists so that you can really just go through each room and be like, okay, you know, got it, got it, need it, got it. So that you can prioritize for yourself the changes you can make that are, you know, within your time budget and within your financial budget. So that it's not causing any extra stress but you can really just get it going and, and, and make it happen and, and apply it most importantly into your life. Um, but there's a lot that can be done today without needing to spend a dime. All right. Well, Megan and Josh, I have been taking notes furiously as we've been talking and I will link to your site, to this course. I'll even link to the belly band that you mentioned and all of the resources that we talked about today. And those will be in the show notes for this episode. Josh, I know the listeners would love it if you sent us the link to your YouTube video on how to find that phone setting. That would be so cool. Yeah, I'll definitely set you up with that. Okay, good. We'll put that in there too. Well, guys, listen, thank you so much for the work that you do. And thank you for helping us attack this subject with a, a good sense of humor, but with a lot of knowledge and insight. So maybe one day we will all get our act together like you guys do. You guys are very inspiring. It was our pleasure. Josh and Megan, thank you and best of luck to you with your new edition. So exciting. Thank you so much, Ella. It was a pleasure chatting with you. Thank you. Bye, guys. Okay, everyone, I hope you enjoyed today's show and got something out of it that you can use. If you did and you want to learn more, just go to onairwithella.com where I put up links to all of the good stuff that we talked about today and more information about our guests and all the good stuff that you did not need to write down today because I got you covered. Don't forget to join our Facebook page and thanks for those phenomenal reviews in iTunes. Every great review helps and we read every one. Thanks for listening and thanks for inspiring me. You are quite simply awesome.